Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. So on today's episode, ladies, you are in for a real treat. Uh, we have Maylene uh, Hawk, and she is a real estate investor, mother of five, uh, and and you're just going to get to know her so intimately today on today's episode, right, Andressa? Yeah. Um, she started out flipping, and she transitioned and pivoted into short-term rentals, where she's had a lot of success in the recent years. So I, I, there's a lot in this episode to kind of unpack. There's a lot of pearls of wisdom here that I personally got from, and I know you did, Andressa. Yeah. I, I think what was really, I think was very, very powerful is the transitions she made and the transitions she made of the why behind them, the how, and when. And when. So, so much time we talk about the specifics of the transition, but the actual transition is the story too. So you, you're going to get a lot from that and some pearls of wisdom when you're looking to transition small or large. And she gives mm -hmm. a lot of very powerful, right? Uh, examples, uh, but you can apply that to, to the smallest transition as well. Yeah. I think when we think about pivoting, we think about, okay, I was doing, I was going North. Now I'm going to pivot. I'm going to go South and that's it. And that's not the case. We change as human beings. We change as investors. And pivoting, it is. It might be more than once, more than twice. And it's okay. I think what I got the most out of this is the recipe for pivoting. She described exactly her recipe to be successful in real estate. And I think, I truly think that you guys listening, if you follow that recipe, it doesn't, it doesn't matter where you are and what, what route you're going to take. If you check the check boxes, to me, that's a recipe for, for success. So you're going to have a lot of fun. And I'm going to warn you, you're going to laugh and you're going to cry on this one too. It's very, very inspirational. So don't miss this one. This one, don't miss it. Don't miss it. Interest rates are sky high in 2023. And buying a rental property means you could get stuck with an 8, 9, or 10% mortgage rate. But what about a 2.99% rate with rent to retirement? Rent to Retirement has 2.99% seller financing available on turnkey properties. You heard that right. That's a seller financed 2.99% interest rate with an average cash flow of over $900 per month. Plus, they've got options where you can put as little as 5% down with no PMI. As the nation's leading turnkey investment company, Rent to Retirement helps investors build headache-free, high cash flow rental portfolios. And since their properties are fully turnkey, newly built or renovated, leased and managed, anyone can invest, even those who aren't into landlording. So what are you waiting for? This 2.99% rate deal won't last long. To learn more, visit renttoretirement.com. That's renttoretirement.com. Or text REI to 33777. Again, text REI to 33777. Top real estate investors love to talk about how they save so much on taxes. But how are they able to build rental property empires while skirting Uncle Sam? 1031 exchanges. 
1031 exchanges allow you to defer capital gains taxes while you sell an investment property, exchanging your old property for a bigger, better one and avoiding the tax man while you do it. And that's where First American Exchange Company comes in. They're the leaders in 1031 exchanges. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting, First American Exchange can help you with simple rental property exchanges, complex commercial real estate investments, reverse exchanges, and more. Don't let your taxes eat into your profits. Visit First American Exchange Company at firstexchange.com or call them at 800-556-2520. That's firstexchange.com or 800-556-2520. Keep your money in your pocket and propel your portfolio further at firstexchange.com. First American Exchange Company does not provide tax or legal advice. Consult your financial, real estate, tax, or legal advisor about your circumstances. First American Exchange Company. Safe, smart, secure. Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to the Real Estate Invest First Show, where we're all about, right, Andressa, empowering women to do what? I'm going to throw it to you. To do what? <laughs> to live a financially free and balanced life, whatever balance means to you. Yeah, that is our, our, our mission. That's what we stand upon as we've uh, created this community a few years ago. And as we've evolved, uh, it all goes back to what you stand for. So uh, it really is important to keep that in mind as we navigate the world, right, Andressa? Totally. Um, so excited to have um, Melani Hawk on our show here today. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for sharing your time with us in our community. Thank you so much for having me on, guys. This is a wonderful platform and I, I'm honored to be on. Yeah, excited to jump in your story. And you have quite um, a, a path that you uh, have been on and reading your bio and reading your background. Um, and I know you've you've done so many different things in investing. And, and one of those things, uh, I know you you love short-term rentals, which which Rich and Justin and I are so excited to kind of dive into a little bit more today. But 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 for the women listening, we always like to kind of get connected to all of you, share something that is useful or helpful to all of you, and and then we kind of jump into it. Um, and we kind of make that as quick as we can, but it, we like to say go quick and go as deep as you can in life, right? Because sometimes you can't do those two things, but we we often will do that even on our, our masterminds, right, Andressa? Go, that is true. Go, go deep, but go brief. Yes. <laughs> so, um, so Andressa, it's, it's my turn today, right? Yeah, so, it could so, be so, your turn today if you wish. Okay. <laughs> I'll grant you the wish. I grant my wish. Thank you. Um, so, you know, one of the goals that I have personally is, is to, to buy a, a vacation rental, short-term rental, et cetera. We've heavily been in multifamily for many, many, many years. And um, just a niche that I'm very interested in doing um, and being involved in and kind of jumping into, you know, sooner than later. But regardless, I actually came across an interesting statistic. And then I wanted to do a quick shout out to a great resource that's out there. So I was fascinated by this and just some of my minor research, because I'm not a huge researcher, but my minor <laughs> research that I was doing, to be honest, uh, was how many Americans actually rent out their home? What do you think, Andressa? How many Americans, you may have seen my notes like preparing right for this. now? Yeah, rent out their home to uh, short-term guests. What do you think? Well, I think that before the pandemic and prior to the pandemic, I don't know. I think a lot. Is that a lot acceptable? It's a good answer. answer. But I found actually more specific answer than a lot. Um, it's six hundred thousand Americans. Uh, oh my gosh! According to iProperty Management, I'm like, wow, that's a lot of people. You know, and 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 you hear of a lot of this in our space of investing, but that's wow, that's a lot. That's a huge number, right? Over a half a million people doing this. So, you know, I wanted to share a quick resource too with everyone because so many times in real estate. God, we put our head against the wall. We figure it out ourselves when we can actually utilize a trusted resource. 
Um, I wanted to give a shout out to Avery Carl and the Short Term Shop. Uh, just released and published a book for Bigger Pockets about short term rentals. So she's a great resource. And what's what I love about what she does in her team is they actually train and teach um, their clients actually how to manage their short term rentals remotely. That's a big um, deal. And, and it's a big deal, right? And I think that's one of my concerns, right? We we went from self managing to hiring property management companies. The last thing I want to do is to kind of get back to like putting furniture in a home. And like, that makes me like my head cringe. My toilet like, is clogged. I'm, I don't want, I'm like, I, I, we, we spent a lot of time doing that. I don't want to do that again, you know? So anyway, I wanted to mention that briefly. Um, she does, uh, she really teaches her clients how to do that. They help, uh, they help their clients actually how to find uh, rentals. And once I'm ready for that step, I'll be, you know, reaching out to her and her team. Um, so anyway, wanted to mention that quickly, a great resource. You can learn more too, by going to her websites, the shorttermshop.com. So we'll put that in the show notes too, but, but great resource. And, uh, what a great segue for us. We're going to be talking about some of that as we dive into Melani's story. So without further ado, I want to jump into your story. Um, such a, powerful background that you have and, and what you've been through and what you've done to discover investing. So we always like to kick things off, um, you know, for the women that don't know you, um, what, what propelled you, you know, what inspired you to begin investing in real estate? We'll start there and dive in from there. Yeah. Um, thank you so much. Uh, well, what actually got me to like kick my butt to finally chase my dreams because I had talked about it for, you know, 20 years or something. I remember um, going on a date with my husband and we were two cheap college students at the time. And so we didn't go a lot of places, but we would go on these long walks and we would talk about our dreams and our passions. And I remember talking with them and we were like, someday we're going to flip houses. And we, you know, we had both read Robert Kiyosaki and we were like ready to just take on the world and get married and live happily ever after. Right. <laughs> yep. And, uh, but then, um, during those talks, we also talked about having a big family. And as each of those kids came, we went farther and farther away from those goals because we felt like as responsible, right? Quote, uh, responsible parents that we should be having a solid income. Uh, you know, n don't do such risky things as investing in real estate, right? And so we had, even though we had those big dreams at the beginning of our marriage, we had slowly gone away from those. And um, it was actually... It was actually seven years ago this week that um, my, so I, we have five kids now, right? So we got really good at that one. We at least Wonderful. we accomplished that goal we had talked about, right? You're able to scale. Yeah, we you able scale your family. <laughs> yeah. We actually met playing basketball. And so we said, hey, we had our basketball team and then we were good. Um, but it was when number four was six weeks old. Number three um, was diagnosed with brain cancer. Oh. And it happened to be the day of his birthday, the day before his birthday, actually. And they rushed him in for emergency brain surgery on his birthday, seven mm. years ago this week. And um, our, our whole life turned upside down. And at that time, I was in a sales job that I was doing well, like money was great. And, um, but the lifestyle wasn't great. And I love how you in the opening, you guys talked about that balance. And I felt like that balance was way out of whack. And sometimes for me, I can't think of it as a balance, like an old ancient scale that you hold it out and weighing gold, one side goes up, one side's the other. But instead, I, I like to think of it not as that kind of scale. Don't judge me, ladies. But when my babies were little, I my babies were 
came out really big. Like I had like an 11 pounder, but then they would lose a lot of weight. And so I had to go and do daily weight checks at the grocery store where you weigh your fruit. And I like to think of it like that, like put all of your goodness into that kind of scale. So not finding a balance between an ancient looking scale, but finding a balance of what makes a harmony. What, what, Mm. what can you throw into that kind of scale to find a harmony between everything? And at the time, my sales job was not accomplishing that harmony. And I was not being the mom I wanted to be. I was not being the wife I wanted to be. I was not being the friend and the, you know, I'm, I'm, Mm. I'm a big woman of faith and I wasn't being a person in my community. I wanted to be all those things of my dreams. Right. Um, I was rocking it in my career, but that's not all I wanted. Right. Um, and when my son was diagnosed with brain cancer, everything changed. Uh, and it gave us a lot of time to ponder as we sat in hospital room after hospital room. And um, it came to a point a few months later when we were going through radiation treatments and everything that I remember going to my husband at the breakfast table and just crying and saying, I, I can't just wait around for him to die anymore because I felt like I had lost control of the things that mattered most in my life, which mm. were my family and their health. And um mm. Luckily, I have an amazing supportive husband um, who, when I then said, you know, those crazy dreams we used to talk about, what if, wait for a second, what if we actually did them, you know? And I said, I want to go and start our real estate company that we used to talk about, you know, 15 years ago, 10 years ago, whatever. And um, he said, well, we have a lot on our plate right now, but I think you should do it. And if you believe in this, then you should do it. And it was a great way for me to throw into something that I was in control of for the most part, as we know, flipping houses mm-hmm. and everything. You're not sure. in control of everything, which we'll, we'll talk about that maybe in a second. But um, so we did, we jumped in and we started flipping houses. And um, the first year we did seven in our first year and which I was really proud of with four young kids. And we just started cruising and winning awards and doing awesome stuff. And um, I I will say, so I don't forget to say it later that um, our son is doing great and he's healthy Mm. and he's a miracle. And we're so grateful for every day that we get with him. And um, sometimes, sometimes I worry that we're going to, as we get further away, that we're going to forget that. But we, during Mm. that time, we came up with two mottos as a family. And the first one, our last Mm. name is Hawk, right? And the first one is Hawks do. If I ever shout that to my kids, then they'll all shout shout back hard things. Mm. Hawks do hard things. And as a family, we know it's not a matter of if hard things are going to come. It's a matter of when right? And I want my kids to know that Mm. life is going to be hard. And when they, you know, some kids will say life isn't fair. And my kids know that my response is, oh, I'm so sorry if I ever taught you that life was going to be fair. Um, (laughs) You know, because it's hawks do hard things. We can all do hard things. And the other thing we came up with at that time was a lot of people were, they were asking, you know, is it just hard to get out of bed? Or do you ever say, why did this happen to our family? And you know, there have been many times in my life that I have thought, why me? Why me? Why me? But during this time, thankfully, it must have been because there were so many prayers coming to our family that it's almost like we had this protective bubble around our family and our home that during that time, we we felt like superheroes. We felt like, why, why not us? Why not us? Because some higher power, I don't want to offend any listeners, whatever that is for you, some higher power thinks that we can and believes that we can and that 
that higher power needs us to become somebody that we can't even imagine right now. So Mm -hmm. why not us to go through this trial, right? But then also I found at that time when I was working that terrible sales job that I was um, looking at other people and be like, oh man, I wish I could do that. I wish I could do that. And it's also looking at the why not me? If, If you see somebody going on the vacation that you wanted to go on, why not me? And it was around that time also that we started setting big, big goals as a family of being able to travel um, together for months at a time. And at the time I was like coveting my 10 days off per year, you know, that kind of thing. And so it was a crazy idea to go off and take off for months at a time. And fast forward, you guys, seven years, that's what we've done in the last 10 months me and my minivan of family, we've gone and stayed in Airbnbs and wonderful places across the country for the last five, five of the last 10 months. And thank goodness that I have a, a support system that cheered me on like this, that are investors that um, say, yeah, we like to dream big here because we believe you can do it. And I'm so grateful that it kicked me into the gear to start my business. And um, I started flipping houses and loving it. And so that's how I first got into real estate. Oh boy. My, my head goes so many directions by listening to you. And I can listen to you for a long period of time because... <laughs> It's so intriguing and, and um, your story, it's so inspiring, um, especially right now, you know, after, I mean, we're still in the midst of a pandemic, but people are going through different situations, similar than yours, different than yours. What is the commonality is the quote unquote time to think and, and, and rephrase reframe their lives, what they think, what they really want to do. And I do think that a lot of people are like, well, might as well pull the trigger and go. And I want to highlight one thing that you said that you were start asking like, why me or why not me? And I heard this another day and I thought, this is cool. Because sometimes we go through turbulences and, and, and hardships and, and we say, you know, why is this happening uh, to me? And the way that we can reframe it is like, I've, I, I have the opportunity to go through it. I've, it's not that I have to do this. I've got to do this. I have the opportunity to, to do it. And other things will come out out of it that who knows what it is. Right. Yeah. And it's so beautiful to hear that your son, first of all, is doing well and you are living the life that you want to live. Yeah. And I think a lot of people that are listening right now deserve the same to live the life that yeah. they want. That might be different. They might not want to travel. Minivan. minivan with, <laughs> 5,000 right? miles, 10,000 miles in a minivan with five. Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. Liz is more like glam. She <laughs> likes to glam out like her glass of wine and a nice hotel. But I, I, if, if the bugs are not eating me alive, I'm cool with, with camping <laughs> and different things. But anyway, whatever, you know, lifestyle you, you want to live. So it's possible. So I want to get to the nitty gritty of you decided to invest in real estate if you're thinking like that was not the most quote unquote ideal time that you're like, oh, I have 
time to deal with this yeah. right now. But walk me through. You had a lot on your plate, and many of women have a lot on their plate right now. Yeah. But what did you put in place to to make sure that you secure at least like the first deal, right? That that's the biggest challenge. What did you put in place to secure that first deal? How did you find it? How did you finance it? How did you manage? Because that was your first one. You didn't oh, know what you know now. I love so, that question. I've been doing short terms for the last few years, short-term rentals for a few uh -huh. years. So I don't get asked very many questions about when I used to flip houses. Um, my very first deal, actually, you guys, we all, we've all heard of driving for dollars, right? Yes. And, um, mine was actually a jogging for dollars. Mm -hmm. So I had, you know, I, my bandit signs out, my yellow sign letters were out and that how crazy enough was not pulling in margins that I wanted. And I knew, you know, you're looking for, you know, you're not looking for the nicest house in the block, right? And you're looking for a nice neighborhood with a house that isn't so nice. And so actually every morning when I would go running, there was this one house in my neighborhood that I was kind of like, Ooh, maybe that guy, like maybe I could help him just fix up a couple things because it's kind of bringing down our property values, right? And this very nice man, his name was Frank. And I still have on in my office, I still have a, a name plaque that I we got from his house. But um, mm -hmm. he actually had, I don't know what it's called. Is it called a tracheotomy or something that he had one of those holes in his oh, throat? Yes. Because, yeah. <clears throat> but then he was still smoking out of it which I oh, thought wow. was fascinating, what? right? Wow. And um, so one day on my jog, he was out, Frank was out there smoking and um, with oxygen tanks all Jeez. over. Oh my gosh. And there were cigarette butts <laughs> all over the place. And I just <laughs> went jogging up. Hey, and I said, hey, uh, how long have you lived in the neighborhood? I, you know, live around the corner and blah, blah, blah. And eventually I was like, so what do you, you know, I just kind of threw it out there. So how long do you plan on being here? Because I think I want to buy your house. I love how you have a partial view of the lake and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, actually, I, I just signed with somebody last week. <sighs> Oh my goodness, you guys, I was so ticked at myself because I had been doing that same route for so many times thinking, I should go do it. I should go do it. I should go do it. And I was so mad that I hadn't done it the week before mm. because sure enough, they had signed a contract with a wholesaler yeah. um, and they were planning on doing it, but I turned them into a wholesaler. So I reached out. I said, can I have their number? And sure enough, I reached out to them and I, I kicked myself because they're, I think the wholesaler got like 14,000 out of it. Mm. But I was so mad that if I would have just done it a week earlier, so just do it, just, just do it. Just do it. <laughs> so that's how I found my uh, first deal. And at the beginning, when I was looking for private lenders, I was still practicing my pitch and my, you know, I had my credibility packet that I had set up and hoped that it was going to work. Right. Um, and I would actually approach um, educated, um, successful friends and family and say, Hey, we've started this new endeavor. And is it okay if I come in? I, I really respect your opinion. I'd like to come and practice my pitch on you. Is that okay? If I buy you lunch and come practice my pitch practice, right? Quote unquote, mm -hmm. practice my pitch. And I think I pitched, uh, practice my pitch on five different friends and family members. And four of them ended up becoming my mm. private lenders. That's a great idea. Year. It yeah. was a great, great idea, right? The fifth one actually came to us in the third year and said, I see that you're actually doing this. I thought you were just kind of playing around, but now I want it. So eventually all five uh, of them did become private lenders. I love that. I love oh, yeah. that. So that's, so that's your first deal. And yeah. 
and then you segue, you, you share a little bit about how you started to get burnt out. Yeah. Uh, whether that was a, an entire year. And, and, and I think, oh, I think everyone's been there, you know, I've been doing this a long time. So is Andressa. I think the, you know, it's glamorous to say that people don't, but I, I, if you change yeah. niches or change focuses or grow or scale or something, there's usually some level of burnout on some level. So yeah. for you, you share a little bit about how there was a lawsuit involved. And so talk oh, to, us a, talk to us a little about that burnout year. I think that not to like relive the pain by any means, but oh, let's, let's open it up, man. Yeah, I want other people to hey, realize it We happens. like to go real here. Yeah, we, we don't yeah. like to... You know what? We don't want to just like, you know, talk about like the sunshines and roses. It's like, yeah. what, what's real? This is so, safe space, right? We're all friends. Yeah. Oh. And it's just me and Andressa here. No one's really listening. No <laughs> but um, there's all those like thousands yeah, of three of us. Yeah. <laughs> but for you, tell us a little about that, that, that burnout year, um, what, what you learned, how you moved through it. And obviously that really opened up a whole new niche of short-term rentals. So walk for us sure. through a little bit how that came about the, the, the burnout year and what happened and how you pivoted. Yeah. Well, first I've got to mention as you're talking about it, just in case there is anyone listening, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit that um, for me, I, you know, I made that decision at that breakfast table that day and I was ready to go. Right. Um, and I heard a radio on the ad of come to this thing. And, and then it, I ended up going to a three-day event. And I remember thinking, I I know they're going to sell some big thing at the end, um, but I'm just going to go and learn all of the stuff in one day. And then I'm going to go and rock it. Like, I'm not going to pay them. And I was really, me. I, mean, I know they're going to sell. I'm not going to buy. Right. Because I'm just going to learn everything in that one hour or that eight hours or whatever yeah. it is. Right. All I need. All I need. And I, right. I look back and I'm like, oh, little me, you know, like, <laughs> oh, I had so much to learn. And sure enough, I ended up buying into the one of those amazing programs that are crazy priced. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think I bought in thinking, Oh, it's going to help me so that I don't become that lady on the podcast that shares about her burnout year. And she, <laughs> that's never, I'm going to never have a lawsuit because I paid so much money. I'm going to invest in this. And then I'm not going to have those problems later. Right. And so I was that naive at that point, but you guys, it does happen. It does. Yeah. And I just actually on Labor Day, uh, just uh, the other day, I was looking, going through files, cleaning out some things. And I found the original like repair estimator and ARV comps and everything for properties that really messed us over that I'll talk about in a second. And I looked at it and I was like, good news. I don't cry about it anymore. So that's a big, huge step. But I looked at it. I was like, see, it thing. made sense. It made sense. It made like, sense. According to all the numbers, it still made sense. But mm. yeah, we did have a terrible year. There was one year... Um, at this point, we were doing tear down new builds and we were leveraged about $4 million, which I know for some is like, oh, that's chump change, you know, but for me, it was a lot of money. Yeah. And um, we were working on a bunch of different properties, um, that, all sorts of different things, two different properties, 20 miles apart from each other. They each had a drive-by shooting right there mm -hmm. on that block. And one of them actually was the incident and he passed away, happened oh. right on the driveway. We had taken pictures on Tuesday. We were ready to launch that Thursday, Thursday, Friday, right? And um, on Wednesday, there was a drive-by shooting on our front driveway. Ah, and mm. um, so, so felt so bad for this family and everything and didn't know how to handle it. 
as candles and flowers and everything just started showing up on my driveway that I was supposed to be listing. And, um, there's, I can't be, I mean, how dare I say, Hey, so when can we move this? I kind of need to get a house on the market. So there was no way I could do that. Right. And then the other property 20 miles away, luckily it, didn't happen on our property. And luckily he survived, but it did give a bad name on that neighborhood that definitely wasn't what I was hoping for. And so my property value dropped. So that happened that year. Um, I got in a terrible lawsuit, a terrible lawsuit with my general contractor who I felt like was a brother. We had done uh, more than 15 properties together. And, um, and then all of a sudden he started, um, doing some things that we were not, we like to pride ourselves on being people of integrity. And then he ended up taking a long time and just a bunch of different things right on. And so at this time when we were leveraged over $4 million and we were paying lenders anywhere from nine to 12%. And these properties were supposed to go on the market in June. That's when they were supposed to be done and, you know, sold. And we started the lawsuit in May and it dragged on for about six months and we got the properties back because during that time we, we couldn't sell them. We couldn't do anything with them mm. until the lawsuit was over. And so that was a lot more that I hadn't put in my repair estimator and my carrying yeah. costs, right? Um, and I finally got the properties back to put them on the market the week of Thanksgiving and the first week of December. Yay, I get to finally <laughs> sell my houses in the first week of December, right? And at the time, because this is a group of women, I hope I, maybe I can share this is that, um, as a mom, I had turned into a person again, just like at that sales job that I was not being the mom that I wanted to be. In fact, I spent many hours, we'll say curled up in the fetal position in my closet, Mm. just crying and trying to hide it from my children. Mm. So they didn't know how much mommy was hurting. And, um, during that time, I, I went into a really dark place. And even though all of my kids were healthy, and so that was great, and I was healthy, I had put our family in a position that I didn't know how to get out of because we were on the verge of living, losing our house. We um, mm. had that carrying debt that if we didn't wrap up this lawsuit soon, we had to figure out something else. Mm. And um, it was December, and my oldest, who knows the magic of Christmas. Um, And I were walking to the bus stop and I said, so I haven't seen your letter to Santa. What do you want for Christmas this year? And you guys, I'll never forget that moment. And I hope I never do because he turned to me and he said, mom, I don't want anything. And I said, no, come on, you've got to want something. And he said, mom, it's okay. And I said, just tell me, honey, what do you want? And he said, I just want one thing. I just want you to be able to sell one of your houses. Oh my God. (laughs) Making me cry. It ripped out my mama heart. It did. It ripped out my heart. And I'm like, okay, I'll work on that. I'll see what Santa (laughs) says, man. Um, It's December. Usually I don't have a great track record in December. Anyways, so um, on Christmas Eve, we have a tradition of going out and playing sports. And we were out playing football on Christmas Eve. And I went and checked my texts and I got a text and I started crying. And that sweet boy came over to me and he said, mom, is it? And he said the name of my, my general contractor. Apparently I had cursed his name enough times that he's like, (laughs) and you know, my big tough nine-year-old, I think was at the time said, uh, like, he was kind of acting like, I'll go get him mom. Like, it's okay. Like, you know, is, is it? And I said, no, honey, it's not. We just sold the house. We just sold one of these houses that had been sitting on our plate for 
we thought they were going to be gone seven months ago, right? But they'd been on our plate. We had been working on them for over a year, which was longer than I had ever had a property ever, ever. And I started crying and he started crying and my kids ran over and we dogpiled and it was a Christmas miracle. It was a beautiful moment (laughs) and we celebrated and it was wonderful and it was great. But while I was going through all of that crummy year, right? Um, Because there were, there was a long list. I think maybe again, I don't mean to offend anybody's belief, but I think the Lord was really trying to tell me, Hey, you thought flipping houses was what I needed you to do, but no, it's not. And so he had to find a way to like force me into the next thing. And so there was a long list that year of crummy, crummy things. We could have a whole podcast on just that. But during that time, I felt like it was almost like for years, I had wanted to climb this beautiful mountain and I had painted the view from the top of that mountain to be so beautiful. And it was going to be gorgeous. And the valley was going to be gorgeous. And I couldn't wait because everything was going to be perfect then, right? Robert Kiyosaki and all my mentors had just said it was going to be great when I got up there, right? And I had gotten, I had done, you know, I was no Joanna Gaines or anything like that, right? But I was, I thought I was doing pretty well. And we were winning awards. We were making good money. Like things were going great. So I got a little peek of that when I finally got the courage to start hiking that mountain. And then all of a sudden this year came and it was like this avalanche came. Yeah. And sure, I knew there was snow, but I didn't, I didn't picture the avalanche ever happening to me, right? And all of a sudden the avalanche happened and it was terrible. It was terrible. And it became time where in my dark closet in fetal position that it was like, how am I going to get my family out of this? How am I going to get us out of this avalanche? And I realized we had three options. The first option was to dig myself out and put on my big girl panties and just climb back up and make flipping houses work for me and Mm. just figure it out and be better and make smarter choices. Even though I swear a lot of those things were out of my control. So there was, that was option one, but I had kind of seen that view and I realized, I don't know if that's really where I'm supposed to be going. I don't know Mm. where that that's where my path is. And so the second option was for me to go back down the mountain and just be like, I'm done. I'm going back to corporate America. And, uh, you know, even though I was miserable there, at least I had insurance. I had, um, I knew that, you know, plumbing wasn't going to bring, you know, whatever it was, right? So I could go down the mountain. And I really worried that if I went down the mountain, that not only would I never go on that mountain again, but I was worried I'd never have the courage to climb any mountain again. And I wouldn't be able to chase any dream after that because it was so bad, you guys. It was so and bad. the kids too, they will see you going down. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm not going to even climb my own mountain. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so for me, I was like, okay, that's option one. That's option two. Ugh, I don't know what I'm going to do. But then I realized it's almost like this avalanche because the, all of this stuff had fallen on me. Um, it's almost like it created a bridge, like an avalanche bridge, like a snow bridge. Hmm. And I would have never known about this if I wouldn't have gone through the avalanche. And it's almost like when I started digging myself out of the avalanche, I started across this bridge and all of a sudden there was this beautiful valley that I didn't even know existed. If I would have just stayed on my flipping houses mountain and said, no, I'm just going to push through, even though I'm kind of getting miserable and this Mm -hmm. is a crummy year. If I would have just pushed on, then I would have never experienced all of the wonder that is that I that I get to experience now, like not just real estate, but all these other different um, streams of income that I have time to ex- get excited about and learn and teach on and coach others on and all these different things. And so it was during that time, during the crappy year, was when 
we started doing short-term rentals. And that's when I was like, you know what? This might be going south. It was early in the process. I was like, I want to I want to make sure that I've got something else in my bucket, right? I've got to have my other stream of income that I'm working on in case this whole thing does go south. And mm. spoiler alert, as you know, it did go south, right? And so I'm so glad that at that time, I was like, you know what? I'm going to... my. I didn't have enough money for down payments on houses, right? Because I was all tied up with my lenders and everything. And I was like, I'm going to jump in. And so I opened four Airbnbs in four months using other people's properties, using the arbitrage model. At that time, arbitrage wasn't a word, um, but using the arbitrage model. And I'm so grateful for people who taught me creative financing, who taught me to be creative with contracts so that I could go to landlords and say, I know that maybe your your state contract doesn't work, but I have great attorneys, thanks to the thing I was going to. I had great attorneys that could help draw up an addendum of, yes, let's make this work for you and I so it can be a win-win situation. So my landlords are making good money. I'm making good money. And uh, yeah. And then when you guys are done with that, that property and want to sell it, I want to be the first in line to buy it because I'm going to get out of this crappy lawsuit and want to do that. So that's what got me into short-term rental. And I'm so grateful. I kind of call short-term rentals my bridge that got me out of it because I'm so grateful that I could have that recurring stream of income, which was very different than flipping houses, right? You're not waiting for the big checks, yeah. but yeah. It's, it's like magic. You wake up and there's more money in your account and it just keeps coming because you set up a property four years ago, you know? So that's what got Love me into it. short-term rentals. And that's how I just became so passionate about running Airbnbs and short-term rentals. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single-family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation home owning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com slash biggerpockets.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I I love, yeah, when you talk, I feel like there's like seven ways I want to go here, but I'm going to focus on the most pertinent for our community. Um, so many women ask the question when they're about to pivot, you know, they had some hard things happen. They're about to pivot. A lot of women in our community are are not new to investing, you know, and they're, they're, they're faced with a decision of, do I pivot into a new niche or market or strategy? Or do I just pack it up and and go back to something that I have more confidence in? And, you know, I think it's such a question that everyone, I mean, I have faced not once, but multiple times. I don't know about you, Andressa. I'm sure you have faced it just like me. Yeah. So I think it's a common theme. And I think there's no right answer, but I what I what I hear you saying, and I think is something that women can keep in check for themselves. Am I giving up too quickly? Am I, am I doing the right thing? It, there's so many questions around it. Like you said, I have to figure out something. I need a plan B This if this path doesn't work. What you're saying is interesting because the way you're talking, and I don't, I, I think in personalities, and I think about the niche you chose, that sounds like it matched three things. And I think women maybe can think about this as they're considering, do I, am I giving up too easily? Do I pivot or do I just pack it up? I mean, there's no right or wrong answer, but those are the choices a lot of us are faced with. You matched a niche with your skills. Clearly, the brokering, because that's what arbitrage is. You're you're, nece- you're you're actually brokering, and that's and she was a sa- in sales. Before, you're a sales so person. And you are, are wonderful with people. Wonderful with people, I'm sure. Yeah. Basis our time, our 40 minutes together. That's very clear. <laughs> so, so you used your skills and your passion for real estate and making this work for your family and what the lifestyle you wanted. But here's the third thing that you did, and I think a lot of women and a lot of investors miss is you're matching it with the market need in the market. like So you were in a time that there was a need for that, right? There was a, so sometimes we want to flip homes or do this or that, but you know, you look around, it's like, this is not the right time to do that niche. Yeah. So you matched all three of those things beautifully as you transitioned. I mean, I'm just, that's what I'm hearing. And I yeah. think women listening can really take that too and saying, you know, is this a time that I shift? Is this a time that I kind of fold it up? Or is this a time to like redeploy my skill sets? Because my yes. skill sets may not have been deployed most usefully there, but now they're here and there's a market demand. And I, I, you yes. cannot dismiss the market demand. It's a great recipe. Yeah, it's a great recipe. Like you can't create a market. You can only participate in something. Yeah. And I always say that. Um, and I, I love that because, sorry to interrupt, but um, yeah. I love that. Um, I was so afraid, like I've worked so hard. I've created this, my baby. Like, am I really going to abandon my, my, my first real estate business? Am I going to abandon something I've worked so hard for? And it had done really well, but I realized that I could use all of those things in a different way. Like you're saying, I could still use 
my things I had learned with creative financing of subject to lease options. I could use all that. I could use my yellow letters. I could use all of these things. I can now repurpose for a different purpose that is, is better for me. I, at that time I could not stomach, literally I could not stomach taking another loan from my private lenders. And it took me at least 18 months before I took any loans because my lenders were like, don't you have another project? I want to get in and what you're doing. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I just need a break from all of you. I just need to see my balance sheet, everything without any debt. And I, I, because it had been so scary at that point. Right. Yeah. And, but then we got it back and it's like, all right, let's now we're, you're, we're using it in a different way. So I'm so glad I had those things that formed an education that I could transfer and repurpose. Yeah. And, and I, I just think that's so important for women to get, um, because it's, it's, it's the recipes there. We just don't always see it. And you clearly, you know, embarked on something and what, what courage you had to have, you know, I mean, that talk about courage and, you know, that's just, I think that's so amazing. And the more women doing that, the more, you know, allows other women to do it because it's scary and it's hard, especially when we attach our worth to success or failure or lawsuits or losing this money. And it's, could get really inside your head, screw you up a little bit. So I just, um, my hat goes off and no matter what niche you transition to, I think using those, those kind of like thought processes and using your story will be, will be so, so important. Well, we'll have to have you back on to talk about like short-term rentals, but I, I think that's the, the, I, I don't want to say the, the least important conversation because I mean, you can, that's very important and strategies yeah. around that. But I, the bigger question, the bigger process is what you went through and what we really kind of, I think, dived into here because yeah. that's the harder thing for women. Once yeah. they're good, once they go, okay, well, let's go and make that happen. So and it's, I love it's not that. a one-time thing. It's, it, it will yeah. happen multiple times per year. Exactly. And I think it's important to have a quarterly sit down of, am I still on the path to my dream day? Am I living yes. my best life? It's not yep. like a, Oh, I did it once and I'm good to go. Like it needs to happen quarterly, at least in my opinion, to Agreed. realign totally where agree. you, where you're, where you are and where you want to be. Because you're not the same person, right? We always say like, when you read a book and I'm like, I don't remember reading that the first time I read this. Well, you weren't the same person, right? Yeah. Or the conversations or the sessions or what have you. So love this. I love, um, I love everything you're talking about. And, and my, my hat goes off to you because um, look at you taking five months out of the 10 months to travel with your family and all the, you know, what you've been through. Like, it's just so, so cool. and so awesome to hear. So where can the ladies learn, listen? Um, blah, blah, blah. Where can the ladies? I speak 25 languages. That's why I don't know, always know what I'm saying. No, <laughs> I don't. I used to say that and people are like, oh, that's so cool. I'm like, no, I don't actually speak no, any other languages. I just... <laughs> I just think faster than I talk. But anyway, where can the ladies listening learn more about you? Yeah, definitely. Um, reach out to me on Instagram, Maylani Hawk, or our company is actually called Why Not Me Academy. Why Not Me Academy on Instagram or the website. Um, because like you said, it was really cool. And there have been moments in the last couple of years that I don't know if I... I, I would say that I couldn't have even dreamed of, but if you're a Tony Robbins fan, if you've read The Miracle Morning, anything like that, I actually had seen it and I actually had imagined it. And I had actually looked at it every single day on my vision board. And in the last year, there have been many times that even though COVID's going on and there's some stinky stuff going on, there have been a lot of moments that I'm like, oh my goodness, I've seen this before. I've never mm-hmm. actually been here before, but I've seen this before. And now I'm actually living my dream day. And that's why we created Why Not Me Academy is why not you to do amazing things. I love that. And all this information you guys can find on our show notes. Now we're going to transition to our fabulous three questions. And the first one is, what's the most transformational book you ever read? 
Ooh, um, oh, that is so good. Um, I would say probably Essentialism uh, by Greg McEwen. Uh, I read that one at least once a year just to because of what we were talking about is really realigning what's essential and what's not because that does change a lot. So there's been lots of books, uh, but that would probably be one of my favorites. Wonderful. The second question is, what's the most powerful routine that you do to create a financially free and balanced life? <sighs> Well, so one of the other things I actually coach on is time management. And um, I kind of geek out about what I call the post-it note method. And every night before I go to bed, I, and it's got to be like standard size, right? It's got to be like regular, regular standard size. It can't be like one of those big lists that you hang on the side of your fridge. No, that is for grocery lists. It's not for to-do lists, right? So take a regular post-it note and just write down your three frogs for the next day. Your three biggest things that you have to do. Okay. Another book, eat that frog, right? So you're taking your three to five, no more than five things that you're trying to get done the next day. Um, and that has honestly changed my life. And I put it right by my nightstand. I wake up and I look at my note and I'm like, all right, that's what we're doing today. Let's do this thing. Um, and so the post-it note method is, is what I kind of swear by, live by. And it, for me, it was transformational. Great. Last question is, which woman, famous or not, has inspired you the most? Ooh, is it okay if I share two, hopefully? And again, I'm sorry, I don't want to offend anybody. Um, but for me, the two women who have inspired me the most are probably Mary and Martha from the Bible. And the reason why I say that is if you remember that story, no matter what religious belief you are, is because Mary and Martha are great women. They're amazing women. And they're both trying to do what they're supposed to do. They're trying to be great and valiant. And if you remember Mary and Martha, they're, they're sisters and Christ is in their home. and one is busy cleaning and trying to prepare so it's a place that he will want to be. And one is just there listening and soaking in every bit of it. And for me, Mary and Martha are kind of like you talked about in the beginning is reminding me to always be evaluating that balance and that harmony of my life to make sure that I'm putting the things that I want to put first and that God wants me to put forth, whatever that is for you, and making sure that you are reaching your potential by learning from Mary and Martha's examples. I love that. Yeah, it's a great, I, I started it and I haven't finished it, but it's a great book having, I'm sure you've heard of it, um, having a merry heart and a, um, I'm going to butcher the name of the book, but the book is to help you. I see yourself in those two women and how you really both and, and how are you being in your life? Are you just so busy or are you present and being? Oh, I like that. Having Dude, a are you going to buy the book, Liz, and, and we're going to put it on our show notes? Yeah, I'll put it in the show notes. I'm, I'm, I'm going to start receiving name. emails like, what is that name of the book? <laughs> I know, I know. And just as like, I'm going to download it this afternoon in Audible, right? Because That's you... correct. <laughs> Melani, thank you so much for um, being on our show and um, sharing yourself so authentically and honestly here and transparently. So really appreciate that. And you, you, you know, whenever women do that, right, we, we all are... Uh, gives us permission to do more of that in our own lives. And that's really what we stand for in our community. So, so thank you so much for being on and doing what you're doing. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much, guys. It was fun talking with you. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live 
both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.